This is the Brighter Web Podcast. Insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. I'm Robert. That's Mickey. Hey. What's going on? Not much. It's good to see you. Good to be here. Good to see you too. Excited to unpack this one a little bit because it's it's a messy one to unpack, so we'll try to bring some reason to it. Oh, yes. I know our listeners are dying to know what we're talking about, and that is a big transition that's upcoming for any uh, business that uses digital marketing, and that is the unveiling and forced move to Google Analytics 4. So yep. this is a definitely a more technical episode, but it should be valuable information for anyone who's listening. Yeah, we'll try to keep it a little more high level, but yeah, Google Analytics 4, Google announced like a year ago, you could start signing up for it, but more recently they announced that next year, in summer of 2023, the existing analytics is going away, which is kind of the Oh no, that people are saying. So we'll unpack that a little bit too. We certainly expected the overlap between Universal Analytics, which is essentially Google Analytics 3, and the new Google Analytics were to last a little bit longer. So that that announcement was a little bit of a surprise. And anytime you go onto Google Analytics now, you get the lovely reminder bar at the top telling you to move over. So at least they are communicating that very frequently. But uh, it's something that probably you need to learn a little bit more about before you're able to make that switch successfully. Yeah, because the other problem coming is when Universal Analytics goes away, at some point after that, it'll still be accessible, but then in the future, it's going to be taken away completely. You're going to lose all the historic data. So the sooner you can get Analytics 4 starting to track that data, the longer you'll be able to look back and see changes over time. Because right. the fact they're getting rid of that old data and not migrating it into 4 is shocking, but it is what it is, so we got to make the best of it. Right. So. And so that's, I think, one of the lessons right at the top here is that there isn't quite the sense of urgency since you do have time before you need to adopt Google Analytics 4 but the sooner you're able to start to add it to your website or websites and start capturing that data, the better equipped you will be able to make that move. 100%, exactly. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Google Analytics 4 and why we need to actually move to it? Yep, so back in the mid-90s, there was a product called Urchin that tracked web analytics. It was a fantastic tool, but it was fairly expensive and actually came out before Google did. You know, Google didn't start till 98. This was like 95 or so, I think that came along. But in the early 2000s, I think in 2005, Google bought them and made it free, kind of like they've done with other products like Google Google Earth, where they took an expensive, neat product and made it free for people to use. So I'm curious, because I'm actually learning that for the first time. I knew about Urchin, but didn't realize that that was a paid service versus Google purchasing them and making it free. So what was the benefit of for Google to do that and make it a free product? Well, because we are the product, I think, basically. it's uh-huh. Google wants more data. They always want more data, and this gives them so much data about millions of websites. It was a a brilliant move, I think, by them. It's also interesting because they do have a paid version of Google Analytics. It's the premium something. I've looked into it a little bit, but the price tag for that is significant. It is, yes. You either have basically the free version or something like $10,000 a month it was, it's curious it's crazy, that they yeah. don't have something in between that, but Very true. that was interesting. And they did um, actually kept Urchin for a while. After you could use Google Analytics, you could still get Urchin for close to a decade with different paid things. I think that became the new universe, or the new analytics that you paid for instead. Was They've always had that paid tier, but the free one is so powerful. It's been fantastic. Uh, but then the, we've mentioned a few times Universal Analytics. So Google Analytics 3 basically came out in 2012. So it's been a while that we've had that. And when we say Universal Analytics, you may see it abbreviated as UA. And that's basically the analytics that everyone knows and loves. And that's what's going away. And then again, in late 2020, they announced Google Analytics 4, started letting people roll out to it. And then they've said in next year, in 2023, the UA is going away and GA4 is where it's at. So. 
as we have talked about, and basically the reason we're having this episode of the podcast is because there is a pretty significant shift from UA, Universal Analytics, and this new Google Analytics 4. So what are those differences? Why is it a big shift, even just from a mindset standpoint, uh, to move over to this new version? Yeah, that's the interesting thing, because all the other versions of Google Analytics, they look different, they had a new coat of paint, some new features, but they were essentially the same, and 4 is wildly different. Hard to explain over audio, so we'll have some links in the show notes to get you more resources. But really, really the main thing is instead of in current analytics where you have page views and events and transactions and all these different pieces, basically everything is just an event in GA4, which means you can track any little thing and then run complex queries to make it work. And it's super powerful, but it's more difficult just to say, hey, how many page views did I have last month? Like you have to do some reporting and stuff just to get to basic numbers, which makes it, yeah, super powerful, but super complex too. Yeah, one of the uh, reports or pieces of data that I look at often in Google Analytics 3 is simply, hey, where's my traffic coming from? What's my acquisitions? How many people are coming from my Facebook page to this website? And you can still tell that in GA4. It's just a lot harder. You have to build custom reports and you have to, that was kind of baked into UA but it's something that you have to jump through a few hoops to find in the new version. Yep. So there's a couple of things related to that too, where one thing I kind of appreciate, sort of because Google's hand's been forced, is that GA4 can do more without cookies because as cookie laws get more and more strict, that's hurting the tracking of universal analytics. So GA4 can do more with cookies. And then something we're doing too is um, helping to pull that data into one place. And, and GA4 does a good job of that, where if you have like a website and an app and different things that track differently, you can track it all in this one place now with all these different events all firing into one bucket. And again, making a huge mess of things, but tons of data that the right reports can suss out for you. And in case anyone does not know, which if you've gotten this far into this episode, you're probably technically savvy enough to understand <laughs> we're not talking about chocolate chip cookies. There you go. Yeah, good call. They're essentially third-party trackers that when you're on another website like Amazon or bestbuy.com. It's a you know a little piece of code that has been attached to you as a user to watch what you're doing. And their privacy laws are starting to kind of move away from those things. And so like you said, yep. Google is attempting to do the same and adapt with the times. Yeah, cookies won't go away completely because they're the good side of cookies is when I go to Gmail tomorrow, I'm already logged in and it's the cookie right. that makes that happen. I don't have to re type my password in every time I open every single email. Because if there were no cookies, as soon as you click on an email, you have to give your name and password to get access to that and click on another one. Name like So the cookies help that, but yeah, they become a bit nefarious with tracking and, and bad things. So it'd be an interesting few years on that. So uh, what does this mean for the future of digital marketing in general, uh, this this big move to Google Analytics for? What does this mean for, for digital marketers? Yeah, just... I think it just means we need to stay on top of things. Make sure, again, getting Analytics 4 in place now is your best bet. Even if you don't understand it fully, getting started is pretty easy, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but getting it on your site today is important so you can start collecting that historic data. You don't have to use it for a while and keep using the analytics you love, but let it start collecting data pretty quickly, and we'll see yeah, where that goes. Yeah, so it seems like it's, it's almost more reflective of the current state of digital marketing, that this is where things are going, and Google, with this uh, you know powerful analytics tool, is simply adapting to 
what the current trends look like. Yep, exactly. Trying to help people get things, get more data out of it. Okay. So, so now that our listeners are all convinced, they're ready to transition <laughs> yeah, over. There you go. What do they? What does that transaction actually look like? What do they have to do to be prepared for this shift? Yep. So again, getting started with it is important, and, and you can run both sets of code side by side. That's what we're doing for most of our clients. We're keeping the universal analytics going. No reason to drop that yet, and just putting the additional chunk of code for analytics four in there. And there's ways you can combine them into one piece of code together to make it a little more streamlined. But we're generally adding it as two separate chunks of code, so that way. When Universal Analytics goes away, we can just take out that chunk of code as opposed to having to rework the code to figure out how they were tied together. So on most of our sites now, there's in the back end, if you looked at the code, here's Universal Analytics code and here's Google Analytics 4 code just so it can track them both. And like you said, this is a little bit difficult to map out over audio if somebody's listening. So we do have, like you said, several articles and there's plenty of videos and resources online that actually will walk you through the technical pieces of how to actually copy and paste this code into what part of your website or maybe you have an IT person who's a little bit more uh, equipped to do that sort of thing. But it, it is a fairly straightforward thing, something you really need to do once. The bigger piece that you're, you're having to do on an ongoing basis is more learn how Google Analytics 4 works and how you can actually leverage those reports for your digital marketing. Right, and really I see three ways you can do that. And there's there's more than three, but three main ways. One is the reports that are inside of it, like you've mentioned a few times. You can also use a tool like Google Data Studio, which is a free tool they have that pulls in data. And again, that'll take more time to set up, but once you get it set up, you can pull up that Data Studio report and see the data you want. It'll already convert the events and stuff for you. Mm -hmm. And then we have some other tools for our clients that we're using. We set up scorecards. That's another third-party tool where you can pull in the, just the pieces that matter most into a scorecard so people don't have to rummage through all the events and all the mess in there. We can take the mess, summarize it in a, a real-time scorecard, and that, that helps a lot too. Yeah, and Google Data Studio is essentially a data visualization tool, basically yep. taking all those raw numbers and turning them into charts and graphs and all of those different things to help you understand and comprehend the data in a way that's gonna be meaningful for your, your business. Exactly, and that's the thing with the Data Studio and with our scorecards is you don't have to take all the data though because there's so much that you don't need. You can pull in just the pieces that matter to you and say, hey, here's the three things that matter. How many people came to my site? How many came from Facebook? And how many were on a mobile device or whatever? Put those three in your report and you can just pull it up and not have to dig through all the pages and pages of stuff to find that. All right, that's, that's two of the challenges with data in general is what numbers are actually relevant to me and what do I do with this information yep. and, and taking the time to sift through it you know, over time and learn from that information helps you make better decisions moving forward. Absolutely. We essentially covered that last piece, which is why is data and analytics actually vital to marketing in the first place? It, it really just helps you make more informed decisions about uh, your business. Yeah, yeah, the old saying, you can't measure, you can't manage what you don't measure. And so you can't make changes on your website to try to improve things if you don't know how things are actually going now. So just seeing where people are going on the site, how long they're staying on pages, where they're forcing them to leave, know what you have now so then you can make educated decisions on what to change. Yeah, and I think part of this as well is it's really important to have that data because it's a black and white binary thing that either you have the data or you don't. Either mm -hmm. the data no. <laughs> is reliable and accurate or it isn't. But you shouldn't entirely rely on data because that's only a part of the picture. You should also talk to your users or watch what they're doing. Use tools like click maps and, and heat maps, which are it's also data, but it's a different yep. type of, of kind of more qualitative data that helps you just get a more robust picture of what are people actually doing on my website? What information are they looking for? Am I providing it in a way that's helpful to them? So that's really what capturing data on your website is all about, is just trying to provide a good user experience and communicate clearly to 
your audience. And to wrap up, there's a lot you can do with this. And I would just encourage you for today, if nothing else, just go get it installed and start tracking. And then you can deal with the mess later, but at least you'll have the data there. If you decide in six months to start, you're gonna be at zero in six months. You'll, you'll have wished you had at least thrown the code on today. So I encourage you to do that. Again, lots of resources and tips in our show notes that you can check out there or reach out to us if you have specific questions or somewhere you get stuck and we can help you out. Well, if you have been, thank you for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast, brought to you by Green Melon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can find the show notes for this episode and more episodes at abrighterweb.com.